Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. Um, so first things first, I know that we missed last week. I know, I'm sorry, I apologize. Your girl is graduating. So let me see, by the time you hear this episode, I'm graduating this week. If you listen to it the same week that it comes out. Yeah, so more than likely this episode is going to be released on a Tuesday. So sis, bro, I graduate Friday. Your girl is almost out the jam. So I've been dealing with like a lot of graduation stuff and post-grad stuff and just life stuff in general. So that is why I missed last week. I did not have time to record a new podcast episode. But I am thankful that we did have a rest week because in, you know, the process of resting and kind of thinking about what we were going to discuss next, I had a great vision. Um, I guess you can call it a vision, like just a great idea about what we were going to talk about for the coming weeks here on the podcast. And I think you're going to love it. Not just like I think you're going to love it. So stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in again and sit tight, relax, sit back, enjoy. Alright, so if you are not new here, you know that we start off our podcast with our carefree updates where we give some pop culture, political, entertainment kind of updates on what's happening in the world. Well, usually in the United States. So first things first, if you have not heard the news already, Kamala Harris is out of the presidential race. This happened this past week. So if you're listening to it this week last week it happened and reading an article from the new york times it says that senator kamala harris of california ended her presidential campaign on tuesday capping a stunning fall for a candidate once considered a front runner um they quote her as saying my campaign for president simply doesn't have the financial resources we need to continue and that is from an article she wrote in a medium post to supporters i'm not a billionaire i can't fund my own campaign and as the campaign has gone on it becomes harder and harder to raise the money we need to compete in good faith i can't tell you my supporters and volunteers that i have a path forward if i don't believe i do so i mean that's good that she was honest And I don't know anything about, like, political campaigns. You know, I am not someone in tune with that section of politics. I just go vote, you know. I read up on what they stand for, and then I just go cast my vote. So I don't know how much it costs to run a political campaign, but I can kind of, you know, understand not having the funds to do so. And I do remember on a few, I think it was a few debates she would say, you know, she would shout out her donation link and stuff like that to get people to go to the website and donate. But one thing I do appreciate is um, hopefully she will find someone within the race, someone who's still within the race that she can support so that people who support her can put their backing towards that person. Um, But one thing I do respect is knowing when to bow out. And I feel like a lot of times political candidates, and I'm not speaking specifically towards the presidential race, this is like locally, this is statewide and nationally. I do feel like sometimes political candidates have like an ego problem and they don't, 
I guess they can't really see the forest for the trees, right? So they don't know when to step down, like when it's time. So I appreciate her knowing when to step down, even though it is for financial reasons. So shout out to her, though, because I feel like even her making it this far, knock down the door for a brown girl, a black girl, hopefully in the future to make it a little bit further. And speaking of breaking down barriers, we have the first Black Marie in New York City's ballet, The Nutcracker. So, you know, The Nutcracker is a holiday play. Um, Is it a musical? I think it's a musical. I don't know. Don't quote me. Um, I've never seen it personally, but I remember going into work earlier last week and we get the newspaper at work every day. And one of the newspapers we get is the New York Times. And right there on the front page was a picture of a beautiful black girl. And was it the front page? Girl, I don't know. It was a few days ago. I think it was the front page or one of the sections after, you know, like the main section of the newspaper. I know a lot of people don't read newspapers. I like the newspaper, but y'all know what I'm saying. Like she was on the front page of one of those sections. And this is a article from the Huffington Post. It says young ballerina Charlotte Nebrez, pronunciation check on that, has made history this holiday season. The 11 year old became the first black dancer cast in the leading role of Marie in New York City Ballet's production of George... I'm not even going to try to pronounce the last name, The Nutcracker. The ballet company premiered this annual event in 1954. So in a quote she gave, she said, It's pretty amazing to be not only representing the School of American Ballet, but also representing all of our cultures. And this is what she told the New York Times in that article. It was published Thursday, so that's the article that I saw. She said there might be a little boy or girl in the audience seeing that and saying, Hey, I can do that too. And that is just amazing to me. We always preach and preach and preach how important representation is. And still, I feel like it is something that is undermined, but representation is so important, not just for our youth, not just for our children, but for adults as well. There are things that I see now at the age of 25 that I'm like, wow, I've never seen someone that looks like me in that position or in that place. I can do it too. So it is so important for all of us to see ourselves represented. And I'm just so happy. And when I saw the article, it just like, I didn't cry. Okay. I didn't cry. I'm a G. Um, I didn't cry, but it did bring tears to my eyes a little bit. And it warmed my heart because it's just crazy to me that we are still living in an age where, I mean, we are going into 2020 and we are still saying the first black this or the first black that and it just blows my mind but I am happy to see more representation we need more we need more we need more and speaking of representation I feel like all of these carefree updates are kind of like rolling into the next one which goes to show how interconnected all of these things that are happening right now are so Gabrielle Union was let go of America's Got Talent I'm sure you all have heard that because it has been the talk of the town definitely um I've seen it all over Twitter I haven't seen much of it on Instagram but definitely Twitter but Twitter is where kind of commentary on topics lives so I have not read thoroughly into the entire situation with NBC America's Got Talent etc etc um but I did see 
I breezed through some articles, okay? I will say I did not read them in entirety, but I did breeze through some. And for the most part, all of them have the same information concerning why she was fired. Um, One of the reasons I saw was that, you know, Simon Cowell, you know him from, ooh, what was the name of the show? Mm, American Idol. So if you remember that show, it was with Paula Abdul, um... And the other guy, I forgot his name, Randy, Ronnie, I don't know. I think it's something with the R. He used to always be like, what's up, dog? Oh, I hated that. But anyway, um, Simon Cowell owns America's Got Talent, this new show. I don't watch it personally, but I was happy to hear when um, Gabrielle Union joined the judges panel of the show just because I love to see black people employed. I love to see black people booked and busy. I love to see black people getting a check that is equal to their counterparts i love to see it we love to see it um but she was let go unfortunately and one of the reasons they said was because simon cowell was smoke inside right while they're filming or whatever and of course cigarette smoke travels all smoke travels and she's allergic to cigarette smoke so she would make complaints about it and no one would basically get him to stop because he owns the show so that was one of the concerns another concern was she was always getting judged about her makeup about her wardrobe about her hairstyles and one particular article I saw was saying that she was always being critiqued um saying that her hairstyles were too ethnic which is going to lead me into another point that I'm going to talk about after this and she also raised concerns about getting more minorities into the next level so getting them um you know passed through the competition because they were getting knocked off so early on in the show and they were just as talented so those were some of her concerns and of course sometimes the powers that be don't want you to voice your actual concerns they want you to sit there look pretty and do your job without you know disrupting what they have going on so you know even though I am sad that that happened to her I'm glad that it opened the floor for a greater conversation about you know the workplace because that is not just a situation that is specific to her that happens all over the place where black people are employed in different institutions different jobs and sometimes we're afraid to speak out about different things that we see going on but I think the major lesson for us to take away from this is that you should never be afraid to speak your truth never be afraid to voice how you are feeling and you should never be critiqued about how you look how you speak um, how your hairstyle is in the workplace because you you're there to do a job and if they can't accept that I feel like you should find somewhere else that will accept you in your entirety and speaking of hairstyles gosh I didn't even want to let me tell you I didn't even want to talk about this on here just because I feel like some people don't deserve our energy And I feel like we have to realize, not just black people, all people, we have to realize when people deserve our energy, our time and our effort and when they don't. And I that is something that I've learned a lot this year over the course of the decade. Of course, I'm only 25, but uh, I've learned a lot this year specifically about just saving my energy for things that matter. And I almost started not to talk about this just because I feel like it is a topic that we have talked about and talked about and talked about 
over and over again and it's kind of like beating a dead horse at this point because it's like it's falling on deaf ears but if you're listening to this podcast I do feel like you are seeking out something more than it may sound bad but more than the average person right so bad baby is it bad baby or bad barbie I don't know she was the young girl that was on Dr. Phil, I think it was a few years ago, and she was, like, um, on there with her mom, and she's like, catch me outside, how about that? That girl, I'm, her. So, she got on, I think the Shade Room reposted it. Of course, y'all know I don't follow the Shade Room, I unfollowed them a few months back, because it was just disrupting my peace. Um, so when I see things that they post, it's because, like, a friend sends it to me, and they think, like, it's funny, or they want me to, they want to get me to weigh in on whatever it is, whatever the post is, and someone sent it to me, and I also saw it on Twitter as well, where she got braids, she got box braids, and I guess after she got these box braids, maybe, I'm not sure, um, she was just going off, like, black women were going off on her about getting box braids and saying that she shouldn't have box braids because it's like cultural appropriation of course she didn't say cultural appropriation because I honestly don't even know if she knows what that is and I'm not even trying to be funny when I say that but um basically cultural appropriation which is a a topic that again it's like beating a dead horse we talk about it and talk about it and then something happens like this and it brings the subject up again like resurrects it so anyway she in the video she says like um if I can't wear box braids then y'all shouldn't be able to wear weave because your hair isn't like you know basically saying that black people don't have naturally straight hair a few issues with that first of all it's very ignorant it's very ignorant because ignorance is really just not knowing about a particular subject or topic so it's really just ignorant to think that all black people have coarse or woolly or curly hair that is not the case black people are some of the most diverse people when it comes to looks when it comes to hair textures when it comes to skin tone when it comes to eye color um i mean literally everything there are africans with naturally straight hair boom mind blown I know for some people because some people don't know that um but there are Africans with naturally straight hair there are African Americans with naturally straight hair there are Africans and African Americans with blue eyes I know yes they exist we exist we are out here there are Africans and African Americans with green eyes yes oh my gosh it's not just contacts I know I know yeah like wow and it's just it's crazy to me because and I guess I can't I can't just put the blame on the media we can't just continue to say it's the media's fault that you know people think black people just look like this it's not just the media's fault yes they play a major role in the representation of how we are perceived nationally what people think black people look like um but it's also up to us to do the work as well because there are black people out here who do not know that. There are black people out here who have not seen African Americans or African people 
not and not just African people, black people are worldwide. We are in South America. We are everywhere. We are in Mexico. We are in India. We are in China. We are in Europe. We are everywhere and we look different ways. So for her to say, oh, stop wearing weave because y'all want to look like white people with straight hair not the case there are black people with naturally straight hair and also another issue with that is not just the idea of thinking that all black people have curly hair or coily hair um or kinky hair whatever you prefer to label it as um that is not the only issue at hand another issue at hand is something that we have been preaching for months and years at a time and it is how Black women and black men are sometimes targeted in the workplace or targeted at schools or targeted just out and about minding their own business because of their hair. So you can go and get box braids and it not be an issue, but a little black girl somewhere has gone to school and been sent home for her hair. So that is the issue. And until, how do I want to say this? Until people that are in a privileged position or a position of power can recognize that privilege and power and recognize that their standard of beauty or their the way they look is the standard of beauty in America and sometimes globally and how other people not having that same look as them makes them marginalized or makes them miss certain opportunities or makes them you know be picked on by other students in the classroom or teachers or administrators until people can realize that we're always going to be in the same position and what really broke my heart was that I saw people weighing in on the topic and it was black people (laughs) it was us and they were like I didn't see anything wrong with what she said surface level Of course, you wouldn't see anything wrong with what she said. But if you look beneath the surface, if you put a little more thought into it, it's not just her getting box braids. The issue is so much deeper. It is because the boy who was wrestling and they made him stop in the middle of a wrestling match and cut his locks. That's the issue. The issue is those little black girls that go to school with faux locks or their natural hair or box braids and administrators and teachers tell them that it's not appropriate that is the issue so it's not just it's not about white people or hispanic people or people that are not black getting box braids it is so much deeper than that and we as a people have to come to realize that and stop just Stop minimalizing other people's concern about issues because we do that all the time. And as a community, we'll never get anywhere if we continue to do that. So let me get off my soapbox with that. I'm back. I'm back. (laughs) I just had to get that out there because it was something that really bothered me. And I was really thinking about not even talking about it because I was like, it's not worth my time. But it's not just about bad baby or bad Barbie, whatever her name is. It is about the bigger topic at hand and I'm gonna keep talking about it until something is done about it now that's it for our carefree updates let's have a quick break for our sponsors and then we'll be back for a few more updates and then our topic okay so I really 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 just have to take a second to thank 
each and every single last one of you who is listening to this podcast right now. Um, as you all know, some of you may know, if you have Spotify, Spotify has did this like yearly, you know, recap for music and now they added podcasts because Spotify just started streaming podcasts this year. So I was like, you know, the other night I was like, let me go see, you know, if I can see my year unwrapped for the podcast. So I went through like a few hoops. It was very simple, actually. I just had to do a few things like on my end to be able to get the data. So I got my data for spot, not spot spotify for podcasters and here is some of the data so it says that based on streams um through spotify so those of you who listen on spotify um the top three episodes this year was one finding yourself equals remembering yourself number two was get out kanye edition and i am cringing that that is number two because i think that was actually my first podcast episode i think that was my first podcast episode y'all and i remember i was sitting on my bed <laughs> when i recorded that podcast episode i am not gonna go back and listen to that because i know it's super cringy because it was my first episode i didn't know what i was doing um and number three was f your fears part one so thank you all that, you know, you all listen to those episodes. If you haven't listened to any of those three, you can go back. Oh, girl, please don't try to listen to Get Out Kanye Edition, child, because I told you that was like my first episode. So, you know, I don't know how it sounds now, <laughs> but um, that was some of it. And also, you know, it gives you like this bar graph of how you leveled up percentage wise. So, I mean, it's I'm no mathematician, okay? I am no mathematician, but according to this bar graph, followers went up by 698%. Streams went up by 999%. Hours listened to went up by 999%. And listeners went up by 447%. That is amazing to me. And also, this was amazing to me, this data. It says that your words cross barriers from Colombia to Malaysia. You connected with fans in 28 countries. 28 countries. And I don't know why... <laughs> when I am recording, I never take into consideration that it is not just folks in the United States that are listening to this. I actually have a voice message from someone in, um, I think it was like the British Isles. And when I got it, I was like, oh my gosh. So sometimes you just forget that it is not just the United States that is listening. So I mean, if you are listening in the United States, if you are listening globally, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it also gives me like four podcasts that are also big with you all. So you all, most of you all may listen to The Friend Zone. You may listen to Therapy for Black Girls. You may listen to Small Doses with Amanda Seals. Or you may listen to Dead A. SS with K and D. Um, so that is great. I mean, I listen to, I used to listen, mm, I'm not gonna go there. Um, <laughs> I love therapy for black girls. And to know that you all listen to my podcast along with that podcast is just like, it just, it blows my mind. And I don't have the words. I literally 
looked at this last night and I posted it on my Instagram and I was just like, I don't have the words to tell you all thank you, but thank you because we out here. We really out here. And I just know that next year, 2020 is going to be amazing. I'm speaking it into existence. I believe it to be true because this year alone was amazing on the podcast and I am so appreciative to each and every one of you. I know I say it all the time, but I say it because I mean it and I love y'all, but y'all are my family. We are a family. I love to, when I'm out places and I run into people and they're like, are you that girl with the podcast? I'm like, yeah, I'm that girl with the podcast. Um, So I just love meeting you all. I love that you all send me episodes and just comments and send me DMs about certain episodes that you needed at a certain time in your life. And I'm just so thankful to again have all of you as family I appreciate you and I love you I mean it's only up from here it's literally only up from here I that's it we going up we going up 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 so continue to share different episodes that resonate with you with your family with your friends with your auntie with your co-worker with your cousin them and tell them to give us the listen and join our carefree family we are small but mighty i mean we aren't that small anymore <laughs> to be honest but um you know compared to other podcasts we are a little bit smaller but i'm i mean to me it's big <laughs> to me it's huge <laughs> so thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you're not tired of me saying thank you because I'm just saying one more time. Okay, thank you. One more time. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and as a gift from me to you, it is the holiday season and I wanted to make sure I did something for you all because let me tell you, I dropped the ball with Black Friday. I did drop the ball with Black Friday and I'm sorry. But to make up for that, I did create a code on the website, and that is shopshakirawhite.com. You can find that in the podcast description, um, the link in the description of the podcast Instagram, which is Carefree and Black Diaries. And that code is Carefree Holiday, all caps, Carefree Holiday all together, no spaces, and that code will give you 20% off your entire purchase of $30 or more. So if you want to get a hoodie, if you want to get a bag, if you want to get a laptop case, if you want to get a mug, if you want to get a sticker, if you want to get a t-shirt, if you want to get a crew neck, whatever you want, we got it, okay? And it's on the site and you can get 20% off with the code Carefree Holiday as a thank you from me to you. And who knows? When you order from the site, you might get something extra in the bag. I might just throw something in the bag for you just to say thank you because I appreciate you all so, so much. And I just wanted to separate that from the carefree updates because I just wanted that as like one section of today's podcast. Now that I've gotten that off of my heart and my mind, we're going to hop into today's topic. Stay tuned. Okay, so if you remember earlier in the podcast episode, I said that I had a idea um, because we didn't have a podcast episode last week. And I was just like, I was actually texting a friend of mine and she was voicing, you know, just venting about some things she has going on in her life. And my response to her, even without me even thinking, like, you know how something just like rolls off your tongue, but it was odd because it isn't something that I say often, but you know, when she finished, I was just like, hindsight is twenty twenty, And after I said it, I was like, Ooh, 
that's what we're talking about on the podcast. Hindsight is 2020 because it is perfect to one end out this year. Um, and I'm going to get more into that. But, you know, to end out the year and also, you know, we're going into 2020. It's that time of the year where everyone is reflecting on different things that they have learned. Hopefully you're reflecting on different things you've learned. If you are not, come on, get with the program. <laughs> you need to be reflecting. Um, and also using those lessons to navigate into the new year and hopefully do some things differently going forward. Especially not just into a new year, but a new decade it is crazy to say that, but yes, we are entering a new decade. So this is hindsight is 2020 lessons I learned in this decade and not in just in this decade, but also this year, you know, just in life in general, but mm, lessons I learned in a decade. So hindsight is 2020. We are going to be talking, you know, in this, it's going to be a little bit of a series. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be two weeks for the next two weeks, this week and next. And we may double up for both weeks. So, you know, part one, part two, part three, part four, and having an episode every Tuesday and Thursday for the next two weeks. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Okay. If everything goes well. Now, if you are not familiar with what the phrase hindsight is 2020 means hindsight is 2020 so first we have to know what hindsight is so let me open my handy dandy dictionary.com i know we have not um used dictionary or any merriam webster we have not used (laughs) these websites for a while now y'all know i used to love me some dictionary.com and merriam webster because I am someone who loves words. I love words and words mean things, especially when you say them out loud. So if you go on dictionary.com, hindsight means the recognition of the realities, possibilities, or requirements of a situation, an event, a decision, etc. after its occurrence. So basically, hindsight is after something has happened in your life, after something has occurred, it's already come to pass. When you look back at it, it's like, oh, I could have did that differently. Or, oh, I should have did this instead of doing that. I should have took that road instead of going this road. Um, That's what hindsight is. It's just a reflection of a past decision, a past event, a past happenstance, something that happened in your life or occurred, just the reflection of what that thing is. And of course, we know 2020 refers to vision. So if you have 2020 vision, you have perfect vision. I am jealous of you. (laughs) I don't have 2020 vision and I have not had 2020 since elementary school. I definitely wear glasses and contacts, but 2020 to have 2020 vision is to be able to see clearly and see things extremely well so hindsight is 2020 basically means when you are reflecting on something that has already happened in your life something that's already occurred and come to pass of course you can see it clearly you can see it with 2020 vision because it's already done you've already went through it and now you can't go back to change anything that happened you just take those lessons You learn from it, you grow from it, and you run with what you know now about that particular thing. So that's why this series is called Hindsight is 2020. Now, I'm not going to lie. I think it's borderline genius because not only are we reflecting on different lessons that we have learned throughout, you know, the year and the decade 
and we're saying we're using this common term, this common phrase, hindsight is 2020. But I mean, isn't it crazy that we are going into 2020 so we can use these lessons and everything that we're going to talk about on these next few podcast episodes to implement in 2020 and beyond? I mean, I think it's genius. (laughs) I felt like a light bulb went up in my head when I had that thought like, wow, that's perfect, 2020. So anyway, I mean, let me just pat myself on the back because I thought it was a great idea. Now, I was thinking last night, you know, if we are going to be talking about hindsight is 2020, lessons that I have learned in this decade, we're going to have to talk about a few things. We're going to have to talk about a few situations. I'm going to have to give you specific um, things that have happened to me over the years and it is going to require me to be very transparent with a lot of things and I was thinking about different topics and different subjects that I really want you all to have more information on especially going forward in your life and I thought about you know I tried to think about four different topics because if we're doubling up each week that means four episodes. So one of them is going to be about, you know, things that I have learned career-wise through jobs. One of them is going to be things I have learned about family, familial relationships. Another one is going to be romantic relationships as much as I hate talking about them, you know. We're going to have to talk about that. And then I think the last thing I kind of want to discuss is just like I'm going to wait on that one because I'm not sure about that topic yet, but I will get back to you and let you know what that fourth topic is going to be. Um, The one I have in my, you know, notebook right now, as far as talking about, I'm not sure if I have fleshed it out enough or if I've come to grips with it enough to be able to talk about it or if I should talk about something else. So that's why I'm not going to really tell you what that one is yet, but for the first one we can talk about the first one today we're going to be talking about familial relationships and how hindsight is 2020 things i've learned throughout my um just journey with my family my blood family okay so when i'm saying family i'm talking about like your blood family not just your people or your adopted family you know people your foster family, just your family, okay? So I'm not just saying, like, your play cousin, you know, somebody you can easily disown, but I'm saying, like, the family that you grew up with, the people that know you probably better or might not know you better than anyone else um, on this earth. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Enjoy. So I wanted to start with the familial relationships when we talk about this topic because family, you know, for the most part, I believe that family, you know, they're the first people you meet. They're the first people you grow to have a relationship with, whether you like it or not, whether it is healthy or not. Um, Your family is just the first people there before you go out and you're able to make friends of your own or find people that you can claim as family you know those are the people that you were forced to be with right so my family a little backstory on my family I am the youngest of mm, I'm the youngest of three my mom has two kids my dad has three kids 
and I am the only girl for both of them. So I have two older brothers, a lot older. The middle boy, my brother, he is 14 years older than me. So that gives you like the age difference between all of us. Him and my oldest brother are closer in age than I am to him. And he's the middle child. So I'm a lot younger than they are in being one, the only girl, and also being the youngest like that was, I will say, I don't want to say it was difficult because some people may be like, girl, you were the only girl. You probably were spoiled. You were the youngest. Um, You're just spoiled. But sometimes that was not the case. I feel like I was forced to be more, or maybe it was just naturally. It just happened naturally. Um, I was forced to be more mature than my brothers were. They were coddled. They were spoiled. Um, and mm, I can't really speak for the oldest one, but I will say the one that the middle one was definitely spoiled, coddled, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of, when he would make mistakes and get into different things, and I'm not going to go into detail on what those things are or anything like that, but when different things would happen in his life, it was kind of like a domino effect where we expect more from you. He did this, so you can't do this. Like, don't disappoint us. And of the three kids, I am the only one to go to college and finish. I am the only one. And, of course, if I was the only one to go to college and finish, of course, I'm the only one to go to graduate school and finish, you know, this week. Thank you, Lord. Um, So I did not feel that I had to necessarily do those things because my brothers didn't. But I also kind of felt a responsibility to give my parents certain things my brothers didn't, if that makes sense. So my parents wasn't, you know, they weren't able to have a child graduate from college. So I felt like I had to give them that. Granted, I was going to college anyway, <laughs> you know, just because that's that's just how I am. I'm I'm going to do that anyway. But, um, you know, I felt like I had to give them, you know, a graduation. And now I am giving them a child that is graduating from graduate school. That is something they haven't had. I am giving them prayerfully one day, maybe hopefully if it's in the plans, um, a wedding, a child that is getting married because my brother's didn't do that (laughs) my brothers are a lot different than me okay we are a lot different but also still the same which is crazy um so you know my dad never walked anybody down the aisle my parents never had to find a tux and a dress for their child's wedding or anything like that so I kind of feel a responsibility to give them that not just to say I'm gonna marry any old Joe just to get my parents a wedding like if it doesn't happen it just doesn't happen and I'm sorry <laughs> like we could just take a honeymoon vacation I take y'all on vacation y'all could just say whatever but anyway um I did feel like there were certain things that parents just expect to happen in their children's life and it didn't happen for my parents and sometimes I feel the responsibility to give them those things and I know that there's someone listening to this right now who's like girl I get it (laughs) so even though some people may not understand I know there's someone who gets what I'm saying who gets where I'm coming from now I wanted to give you kind of a back drop a background on that so you can kind of understand like 
moving forward and I don't necessarily have an outline about what we're going to talk about specifically or where I'm going to go with this so you might not even need that information going forward but anyway there it is you have it you know it now I did want to speak more specifically about how when we are growing up with our family sometimes we have an idea of who they should be or the idea of who we want them to be as people and one of the hardest things to come to terms with with your family is that they are human just like you are um when you're growing up again you have a certain idea of how family should be we have tv shows we have movies we have sitcoms we've watched cartoons growing up of how you know the family unit looked we saw the proud family with the grandma staying at the house uh trudy and oscar the crazy uncle busting in the house and stuff and you didn't really see the reality of how family function i mean for some people i'm not gonna lie some people may have had that but i will journey to say that maybe the majority of us did not have that representation of family in our actual households maybe you had an absent father maybe you had an absent mother maybe you had neither maybe you grew up with your grandmother maybe you grew up with your grandfather maybe you grew up in a situation where your mom and your dad argued all the time and you grew up thinking that that's what love was um so coming to terms with your family being people and humans just like you and it can be extremely difficult to break down the ideals that we have of them in our head and get in touch with and also accept the reality of who our family members are and not just your mom not just your dad not just your grandparents but also your extended family your aunts your uncles your cousins them Okay, so coming to the reality of who they are as a person is something that you have to, it's a process and it's definitely a journey, but you have to come to grips with in adulthood, I will say. And I had to learn that um, in this decade, and I will say mainly throughout college, undergrad and also grad school I had to come to terms with my family is just who they are and even though I grew up thinking or wanting them to be this version of how I saw them in my head I wanted them to be more loving I wanted them to be more encouraging I wanted them to be more supportive um that's just not the reality of it right And not to say that my family isn't all those things, but sometimes it's not enough. (laughs) I'll say that. And, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like, especially if it's a family member of mine listening, I don't want you to feel like I am speaking negatively of you, but just this is my reality. Okay. And I will, it was a few years ago. Let me see. I think it was before I graduated from FAMU. I graduated from FAMU in 2016. I think it was around high school. I think it was around 12th grade. So that was 2012. And again, these are lessons I learned in this decade. Um, I was feeling some type of way. I I will admit I was feeling some type of way about my extended family in particular because the way my extended family works, um, my dad's side is, is a whole lot for us, okay? And my dad had, well, my grandmother and my grandfather 
had about seven to eight children and all of those children kind of loaded up on kids <laughs> I don't think I think the only one who had like three kids was one person everyone else had like four or more children so imagine that and then imagine those children having four or more children so that's kind of how my family looks it's a lot of us now I was not raised in the same city that most of them were raised in. Actually, all of them were raised in. So I would, when I was younger, I used to go down there to visit them a lot. Like, we would go every weekend, but as my parents got older, we just started going less and less. And then we just started going on holidays. We would go, um, like, 4th of July. We would go Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, stuff like that. And growing up, I always felt like an outcast with my extended family because I was more quiet, more reserved. Um, I would be that cousin, like that quiet cousin that's like there, but just like not really saying anything. That was me growing up. And that's kind of still me now because I just don't. It might sound hard to believe. I know I have a podcast and everything, but I don't talk much um, unless I just really have something to say. <laughs> so in me not speaking much, um, I think as my cousins continue to get older, you know, they made friends, of course. So they would like go with their friends and stuff. And I was kind of the quiet cousin who was in town just for the day or for the weekend so they would go and do what they needed to do and I would just like stay at the house and watch tv and then my aunt she would be like Kira you don't want to go with them and I'm like no I'll watch unsolved mysteries here with you <laughs> like that's kind of how it started to get as I got older and then I guess I felt like less and less attached to attached to them um not like they didn't love me, I'll say, but I don't know. It's kind of like a hard thing to describe. But I think I voiced it to my mom once. And I was saying how I felt like they didn't really support me or something like that. I forgot what the instance was that kind of triggered me to talk about it. And I think she, my mom is like, my mom is like that person that you don't tell her stuff. And I learned that, too, in this decade. And I learned that after this happened. I didn't know before this happened. She used, you don't tell her things you don't want people to know. <laughs> like, you not to say that she can't hold a secret, but, like, if it's something bothering me and I bring it to her, I have to be prepared that she's going to address whatever it is with whomever <laughs> the person is. So I think I just was, like, talking one day, and I may have said, like, I feel like, they didn't really love me as much as the other cousins or something like that. And she <laughs> talked to them. And after that happened, we went down there for like a Christmas or something. And it a few Christmases before that, I think I had like saved some money. And I had bought all of my cousins like gifts. It was like small stuff, but like lashes and like hair stuff. And they were like so happy, but they never like bought me anything. But after she said whatever she said to them that Christmas when we went down there like all of them have brought me a gift and I was just like so taken aback by it and one of them said like you know we love you <laughs> you know we might not always say it but we do love you and we support you and one of the things I had to learn with that was that 
everyone shows love differently. So I may not be someone who is very affectionate or I might not be someone who is giving you constant verbal affirmations that I love you, know that I love you. Um, And it varies for people. And that made me realize that for my family, even though they weren't saying I love you and they weren't, you know, spending time with me or something like that. And it sounds so bad. I promise it, it wasn't that bad but like am I downplaying it by saying it wasn't that bad I don't know this see this is one of those things that like happens the more mature you get have you all seen Frozen 2 real quick sidetrack if you've seen Frozen 2 you know how Olaf is like in this existential crisis like maturity kind of thing where he's always saying deep stuff I relate to Olaf so much in Frozen 2 because every time he says something, I was like, I feel that. I feel that. And as you get older and you start maturing more and more, you're like constantly stopping yourself in between thoughts like, do I really feel like that? Or am I just like, you know, anyway, I was thinking because I'm like, am I downplaying my feelings by saying that it wasn't that bad or was it that bad? So anyway, that kind of comes with the territory of maturity and everything like that. Now, yeah, I had to learn that, you know, even though my family wasn't that family that, you know, was super affectionate. We didn't hug like that. We weren't like all up on each other in the house. We weren't saying I love you or anything like that. But I I realized that they love me regardless. And I had to tear down that ideal of family being like I saw on TV or being like constantly saying I love you safe travels call me when you get home like that's not my family (laughs) my family is super trill and if you know any of them you know my family is like trill game young savage you could catch me that's my family um so I had to come to grips with that that it's not like everyone else's family and I am okay with that now I've gotten to be okay with that it took me a while it did take me a while and sometimes when I see um like my friends interact with their families and stuff like that I do I will admit I do kind of think like wow I wish my family had that kind of relationship or I wish my family interacted in that way but again it's tearing down that ideal of how you think they should act and just coming to grips with how it actually is the reality of the situation so that's one of the things that I learned in this decade and if you can implement that into your familiar relationships going forward into 2020 and beyond just remembering and reminding yourself that Even though your family isn't picture perfect, even though they may argue and fight, physically fight, mine, um, that doesn't negate the fact that they love each other or that they love you, you know, any more, any less. And speaking of, because I just talked about like family fighting and stuff, that it, it happens often in my family. It has calmed down a lot. I will say it has calmed down a lot. Um, And that's only because certain members in my family have gotten old enough (laughs) to not be able to fight. Like, they can't recover as fast as they used to (laughs) back in the day. Because some of them used to throw down back in the day. So, I do want to also say that one thing I learned in this decade when it comes to family 
is that just because people are your family, it does not mean that you have to deal with toxicity, okay? Um, sometimes we think that because someone is our blood, because someone is our relative or our sibling or our parent and aunt, whatever the case may be, that we have to deal with certain toxic behaviors from them. And that is not the case. That is something I learned in this decade. And not necessarily, let me think, hold on, let me think. Um, Not necessarily with my own situation, I will say, but definitely just observing other people's situation and having people come to me with different issues they have had in their family, ask for advice or whatever. And also, I will say in this decade, I have had a lot of friends it's kind of odd now that I'm thinking about it. I have had a lot of female friends who had toxic relationships with their mothers. I mean, it will blow your mind some of the things that I have seen from mothers and my friends. But um, sometimes you're at an age where you can't leave them, right? If you're underage and you have to have a roof over your head and you can't just get out. You kind of have to deal with it until, well, I don't want to say you kind of have to deal with it. You can definitely call CPS, Child Protective Services, or reach out to someone who can help you get out of a situation, especially if you're being abused mentally, physically, um, and verbally. But also, you know, after you have reached 18 and up or whatever the legal age is where you are listening Um, you don't have to deal with that. And just because someone is your family doesn't mean that they are allowed to speak to you a certain kind of way or treat you a certain kind of way. And they make you feel like, oh, you can't leave me or you can't disown me because I'm your mother or I'm your father or I'm your cousin or I'm your aunt. Like, You know those type of people who will talk to you any kind of way, treat you any kind of way, and expect you to take it just because you're family. That is one thing I learned in this decade. You do not have to take toxic behavior and toxic relationships from people in your family. Do not be fooled. Do not fall for the okie doke. If something is just like really messing up your aura, if something is disturbing you spiritually, if something is disturbing you, especially physically, if people are putting their hands on you, your family, and mentally, get out. Like you do not have to deal with that. And I was actually reading something, I think it was like on Twitter, and someone was talking about, was that on Twitter? Or was that somebody I know for real? I can't remember, but someone was talking about, a father um and how their father passed recently and they had like a toxic relationship with him and I guess as they had gotten older they stopped speaking to their father because again you don't have to deal with toxic relationships from your family but he had fallen ill and I guess they called this person it was a YouTube video I remember it was a YouTube video and Her family called her and was like, you know, your dad's ill. You need to come and check on him. And instead of going to check on him, she just went traveling. And she was saying that she was using traveling to cope with. And she didn't realize until after it had happened. Again, hindsight is 20-20. She didn't realize until after he had passed that she was using traveling as a coping mechanism to not have to deal with the issue at hand, which was her father dying. And she, after he passed, I think she was able to see him before he passed. 
Um, but after he passed, she felt like she wasn't that affected by it. But then as time passed, she realized that it wasn't necessarily the death itself that she was feeling some type of way about, but also, well, the issue, the real issue, the greater issue was that he was so toxic while he was alive and she wished that they were able to have a healthy relationship as father and daughter while he was still here, you know, and I can't relate in that sense. Um, but you know, from the outside looking in and I can't tell people how to feel if they are in that situation, but from the outside looking in, if someone were ever to ask me for advice or how I would deal with something in that situation. And again, sometimes you can't really, say how you would deal with a certain situation unless you're actually in that situation but for you know an outsider looking in I would say that if you've done all you can do especially as a child I mean sometimes parents I and that's gonna be another situation for another day I actually have a guest that I plan on having come on to talk about like specifically parental relationships with children um so I kind of saved that for that episode but I think that if you've done the best you can do as a child there's nothing much more you can do and you can kind of grieve the situation and grieve the fact that you didn't have the relationship you wanted with that parent or whoever in your life um but ultimately if you did all you can do that's what matters like and you just kind of have to constantly remind yourself like I did my best I tried my best I tried to you know mend the bridge between us and if they did not accept it or if they weren't willing to change and get rid of some of that toxic behavior then that's on them and you you know, wipe your hands of it and move forward. And you find people in your life who love and appreciate you and also go to counseling because that's what good therapists, and I say good therapists, not just a therapist, but good therapists are for to help you navigate those feelings and emotions. So that's something else I learned about familial relationships in this decade. You don't have to keep continuing to deal with toxic behaviors and toxic relationships from people in your family just because they are your family. And another lesson that I want to leave you all with, I've learned a lot about family actually, but another lesson that I feel like is necessary for me to leave you all with, with, um, you know, familiar relationships is that you have to be able to be willing to allow people to change. If you allow your friends, your acquaintances, your coworkers, people you don't know that well to tell you a boyfriend, a girlfriend to tell you, I'm sorry, I'm changing, I'm evolving as a person. Sometimes it's easier to accept that from people like that and not necessarily from our family because it's hard because if your family betrays you or your family does something to wrong you I know for me speaking personally it can be so easy for me to just be like oh I'm wiping my hands clean of it you did this to me it was foul and I'm going to always remember that I'm going to take it to the grave for me okay uh and I don't know if that's just a Shakira thing or Aries thing I don't know like holding on to stuff forever which is not healthy don't do that but I will say that in my 
familial relationships there are like and more specifically with like cousins that are around my age if they ever did something to me uh do I want to tell this story oh I'll tell the story so I have a cousin she's about two or three years I think she's like three years older than me and when we were kids we were jumping on the trampoline at my aunt's house I'm too young to remember this. I remember the aftermath. I don't remember what actually happened. Maybe it's like a repressed memory, but my mom tells it all the time. So we were jumping on the trampoline. And this cousin, I have always been like tiny in stature. I just got tall. Like I got tall, um, I'll say like end of high school, undergrad, I got taller. Like I had a growth spurt or something, but I had always been like smaller than my cousin's like weight wise and also like just in stature they were I'm taller than all of them now but they were taller than me at the time when we were kids and we were on this trampoline and because I was so much smaller than them they would like to like push me around and throw me around and stuff and we were playing and according to my mother this cousin she pushed me off the trampoline And when she pushed me off the trampoline, so where my family lives, there's, like, not much grass. It's, like, dirt. (laughs) It's, like, dirt and sand. And if you know anything about dirt and sand, it's hard. The ground is hard. And she pushed me off the trampoline. And when she pushed me off, I fell on my shoulder and I broke my collarbone. That was the first time I broke my collarbone. I have broken it twice, fractured it once. So my shoulder, listen, me and my shoulder go through it. And you know, the old folks that are like, baby, it's going to rain. And you're like, grandma, how you know it's going to rain? And she's like, because my knee's hurting. When my knee's hurting, it's going to rain. And sure enough, an hour later, it starts pouring down outside. I am like the old people, okay? When I tell you, if Shakira tells you that it's going to rain, believe me, I could be the weather woman, okay? Because my shoulder, because of those injuries, and I don't know how it is, like, interconnected, but because of those injuries, whenever, like, bad weather is coming, my shoulder is just, like, killing me all the time so you know she pushed me off the trampoline and that was the first time I broke my collarbone and kind of after that happened my mom started feeling a certain way about her even though she was a child but she was just like so upset of course because that's my mom she was like so upset that she did that and because she was upset it kind of like trickled down to me to where even when we were growing up, I didn't speak to that cousin much just because of that, you know, injury and the fallout from it. Nothing big happened or anything, but just I never wanted to really be around her like that. Um, Not to say like if she came by the house, I would be like going in another room or anything. But like if they went to hang out, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm gonna ride with them because I guess it was kind of like she betrayed my trust when that happened, even though we were children, but children know a lot. So anyway, back to the topic at hand, you know, that happened and that's how I felt towards her continuing to grow up. Now, I just got to a place where I, I'm not going to say like a place of forgiveness. I forgive her for pushing me off the trampoline eight years ago. Was that I don't know, girl. We were children. Anyway, maybe 20 years ago or less, 20 20 years? I'm 25, maybe 21 years ago because it had to be. No, I was in elementary school. So 
between 15 and 20 years ago, you know, pushed me off the trampoline. I forgive her. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that because, you know, that happening caused a rift in our relationship. And I don't even think she knows this. And sometimes we can, like, feel a certain type of way about something that happened to us or something that someone else did to us. And they don't even know, like, what, you know, why you're feeling that way. Because if you don't voice it, people really won't know. So... I have just, you know, at my grown age, my big age of 25, just gotten to a place where I can speak to her. You know, like I would speak to her, but it was kind of like, hey, bye, but not very conversational at all. But now I have been trying to ease into speaking to her more. And granted, I know we don't have the kind of relationship where, you know, I'm going to sit down and tell her all of my boy problems and she's going to tell me all of hers. We don't have that kind of relationship. Not to say that we missed out on it, but just that situation in itself caused a rift into where we are now. And moving forward, not just with my relationship with her, but my relationship with other people in my family who may have done something that I felt was wrong and they don't even know what it is I felt was wrong. Um, Just to remember that it's okay to accept people changing. And if you are allowing other people in your life to evolve as people, you should be able to do the same thing for your family members. And sometimes it's easier to accept it from other people because you're like, I'm not related to these people. I can cut them off, you know, at the drop of a dime, but you still will, you know, stick around and hang out with them or whatever, regardless of what they've done to you. And if you can do that for other people, why can't you do it for your family? But I think it's because when family hurts you, it just cuts a little bit deeper. It just hurts a little bit more than the average Joe, you know, on the street because it's like, you're my blood, you're my family. How could you do that to me? How could you hurt me in that manner? And I guess internally, I may have felt like that when she pushed me off the trampoline. (laughs) I'm older now, but you know, I may have felt like that at the time. And then after that, I just kind of like wrote her off like never again. But now we are definitely getting to a place where I can, you know, grow to accept her as a grown woman. Like, she's not that same five or seven-year-old pushing people off the trampoline. She's evolved. She's changed. Hopefully. <laughs> and, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you all. I know that may be, like, a minimal situation. It may sound like something minimal, but you can definitely apply that to your life where if a family member did you wrong years ago or months ago and you're still holding on to that and not forgiving them even if they are telling you that they are changing or even if they're showing you that they're changing but you won't accept that from them why can you not accept that from them but you can accept it from your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your friend who did you wrong probably worse than they did and you're still you know in good graces with these other people but not like that with your family so you know you take it as you go and you weed out what is, you know, what relationships are worth you staying in, whether it be familiar relationships or just, you know, platonic relationships with people. You know, you be the deciding judge on what's worth keeping in your life and what you should remove from your life. I'm not here to tell you, you know, either way. I'm just here to share my experiences with you and hopefully you can use those things to apply to your personal life going forward because, say it with me, 
Hindsight is what? 2020. Oh, that was great. Say it with me. Hindsight is 2020. I got to write that down. Anyway, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Carefree and Black Diaries. You can follow us on Twitter at Carefree Black Pod. That is Carefree, B-L-K-P-O-D. And don't forget to stay tuned for Thursday. We'll be back for my next lesson that I learned in this decade. Stay black and carefree. See you next time in the next episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. Bye, guys. (laughs) 